Hopefully you had a wonderful uh, week off, but now we are back again. And of course, I have my three amazing uh, special uh, hosties with me. Uh, starting off with Kente. Hey, Kente, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here and ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Excellent. And also, we have uh, as well Cher as well with us. Hey, Cher, how you doing? Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back. How you doing? Good. We kind of missed you last week. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, but I am glad to be here. Oh, yeah. And Arpo as well. Hey, Arpo, how you doing? All right. Sitting here enjoying some nice caffeine for my official Real Discoveries coffee mug. Nice. It's very, very cool. It's like, I cannot wait to, uh, to see that again. It's like, and also with us is my special Wooby, Elijah, as well. It's like, he, he's waving there from the background. So hopefully y'all uh, get a chance to call in, let us know. And tonight we are in for three very extremely uh, interesting topics, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> you know me, I like to chop it up about all these things. Cue the evil chuckle. <laughs> yes. The, uh, it's like, it as we all do the Dr. Evil laugh. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, sorry, Mike Meyer. So it's like, you're not the only one who has that. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, so we are dealing with tonight. Also, it's like, we are going to be talking about the Oscars. And not only are we talking about the fact that this is a very special year of Oscars, but also the fact that it's like between last year and this year, there's just a different vibe to this Oscars altogether. Never mind the 72,000 people who passed away. Just the vibe itself of the Oscars is just completely different this year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I would I would like to say that um, I, I don't like... I'm about to call out something I don't like. Like, I like when it was just like five... You know, it was only like five uh, movies. Now, what is it, like 10, 12, 20, whatever? I think, I don't like that. I think Ma- a maximum of 10. This year, there are nine, and four of them don't belong there. See. As was the case last year, and the year before. Interesting. Yeah. And also, one of the interesting things is that uh, it's like, and I'm not sure who said it, and it will probably make us all, uh, me very unpopular to a lot of people. This, uh, it's like, especially when it was brought up certain things about the Oscars last year versus this year. The truth is, though, that it does actually apply. If you make a good movie, you will be nominated. If you do not make movies that are worth seeing, people do not wish to nominate you for uh, for that. And it is a popularity contest. It, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the race, religion, anything like that. It is a popularity contest. If you are the popular film uh, that gets the biggest amount of buzz, you are nominated. Simple. If you have an Oscar-worthy, if you have a performance that stands out above all others, you will uh, you will be nominated for the performance, irregardless of that. It's like the days of that, in my opinion, is long gone. Of any sort mm. of separations whatsoever, it's like it had nothing. It has nothing more to do than the fact that it's like now this year we have a great diversity of films. We had like a, a myriad of topics to choose from. Last year, a lot narrower, I will say, a field of topics to choose from. 
I can what agree with that. What y'all think? Yeah, right. yeah definitely. Not, not, not trying to be Richard Nixon, but let me say this about that. <laughs> Last year, there was this big hue and cry about how there were no African-American actors, African-American films that got nominated. Mm-hmm. And this year, it feels like the Academy just fell all over itself. I mean, one-third of the movies, one-third of the acting nominations, you know, and I've, you know, and they're all, you know, basically very good, and I'm not arguing with any of the nominations. I think they're all well-deserved. But they fell all over themselves trying to fix the blunder from last year, and what do they get? You didn't nominate any women directors! If I was the head of the Academy, I'd be like, you know what? We just won't do this anymore. We just won't have the awards, okay? Hmm. Boy. That's a tough call. Because I I fall squarely in both of those categories. I'm a black actress and I'm, you know, female. I'm black and I'm female, so... You know, it's like, it would have been nice to try and cover both bases at once, but take it from the black the black side of things, um, I'm glad we got our folks in there, <laughs> so, it, one step at a time, I think. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, you kind of have to choose your battles uh, yeah. at one time or another. Yeah. It's about the whole pleasing everybody all of the time. Look, no matter what's going to happen... You cannot do that. Yeah, no matter what happens with whatever is going to be nominated, somebody in some category is going to be missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it be a female director, and again, if a female director did a really... uh, did a really... uh, a movie this year that would have been an extremely... could not be ignored, popular, bright one, it would have been nominated as well. It comes from the bottom line. It is a popularity thing. If you are popular, you get nominated. If you have been paid attention to box office-wise, you get nominated. If you have an excellent publicist, you get nominated. You get nominated, exactly. And, you know, that's what... uh, you know, having to everything having to do with the box office really, because when you have a, a a big enough movie that can make it to the mainstream box office, then you have the, all the money in the world to be able to do all that. And I'll be honest with you, uh, that's probably why my own viewership of the Oscars has dropped off in recent years. Um, I tend to pay more attention to what's going on in the indie scene, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, because there's just that much more of a range to begin with, just because, you know, the playing field is that much more level. Um, so it's not really uncommon to have international indie films, you know, recognized here in the States, for example, for a myriad of reasons, for their race topics, for their uh, gender topics, you know, uh, they have a tendency to cover more ground than what the mainstream kind of allows people to do in the first place. So I-, I gotta say, I've been paying more attention to the indie scene rather than the Oscars in the first place uh, because of oh, that. Yes, I, I would I, definitely. I would agree and with that. What's also very interesting is also. Um, 
over the years, the the hosts that have also been going through, it's like this year Jimmy Kimmel, right? An unusual choice. Mm-hmm. I can't say that he would be on my top twenty of think of thinking like, has he ever been in any movie? Oh, but here's the thing, though. See, everything is a popularity contest, yes. don't you know? <laughs> because, uh, you know, it, it's it's who you know, certainly. Yes. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe he called in a favor or two or, you know, just wanted to get back out there in the hosting spotlight. There could be a myriad of reasons behind that decision. Yeah. So. See, Billy Crystal did it for, like, 20, uh, about 20 years Right. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time he was actually in movies I got it uh, It was like you know all of the previous hosts uh, In previous years Some of them have been in uh, Most of them have been in at least a movie Right and a multitude of movies And then it's like Yeah but you also have to look back at you know, For a few years Johnny Carson was oh. the host of the Oscars Why? Because all the actors were going on his show Well now all the actors are going on Jimmy Kimmel's show Yes. So to me, it just makes it, you know, a logical thing for him to host the Oscars. Yeah. It's just going to be very interesting to see all the, the the different categories as well. One of the things, though, that has upset me over the years is the fact that it's like they take the technical awards and they kind of make it their own little thing. I would rather that, you know what, I don't, I, and this is my personal opinion again, would love to see the technical awards be their own show. You know, oh, like wow. all of that, because I mean, it takes a hell of a lot of behind the scenes to make the movie. Sure it does. Sure and, does. Yeah, you know, it, I have a funny story about that. Go my for husband, it. My husband, bless his heart, is not in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. However, he's learning things through me as I as I go on my journey, building my career. And one of the things that he's learned from me is to actually stay put and watch the credits at the end of yep. all movies. Oh, yeah. I was because the they, all the folks that took the time. I mean, barring barring uh, you know the CGI work on mm-hmm. a lot of films, uh, because I mean that just that that whole section of CGI artists is, and and art direction and all that is bananas. I mean, yeah. wow. But uh, just, uh, you know, any movie, you know, CGI or not, has the extensive list of folks that it took to make that movie and to pay respect yes. to that. You know, I've kind of had to retrain him. Like, okay, hon, I know you want to leave, <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> Respectful of all the hundreds of people that you know. And not only that, but and and I've said this for years. I watched the closing credits before they started putting seeds at the end of them. Right. Always. Yes. Because if nothing else, usually that's the best music in the movie. And this is why it feels like a slap in the face when they when they're like and for uh, and they like brush it 
buy in five minutes of uh, well and for lighting it was this person and for costume design this person and for uh, you know best musical score this person it's like I'm sorry these two people took countless hours out of their life to put into this film that you are now nominating for this Academy Award yeah uh, at least give them more than like a five minute brush off technical effects uh, thing and you know have some uh, person who it's like barely understands what they have done mm -hmm. handing them the awards how about you know? well, I'll do you one better I'll do you one better there, there was talk of the fact that casting directors also don't yes. get as much credit uh, yes. that they really should and when it comes to um, of course there's a difference casting for film versus casting for TV but in my humble opinion I think you could put together a whole nother show just sure. on that as well you could have insights um, you know interviews with yes. what led to those choices, stuff like this, especially when it comes to ensemble casts. That is yes. a, such a juggling act. It is no joke. And there are literally thousands of folks, you know, um, that that audition for these things. You know, it, it, it would be a good insight to, you know, not just once in a while uh, videos uh, on Actors Access, for example, if you happen to have access to that. Um, an account on there. They they do interview casting directors every once in a while, but I think to bring it more into the spotlight for the newer generation of actors mm -hmm. and actresses coming up, you know, I think that would be a great expansion as well. Yes, and that's why nothing, we also did that for movie time. Mm -hmm. Nothing pisses me off more than talking to somebody about a movie and they start talking about. And this person they had in this role was so perfect. They were absolutely right for the... Oh, the director was such a genius. Uh, like, uh -huh. No. <laughs> Lynn Stallmaster Associates. Those were the geniuses. I, uh, I picked uh, that one because that's what I always know off the top of my head. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, the yeah. casting directors are the geniuses who did that. Correct. May I please say something here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, in my own experience, and I do not have as much experience as all of you, but I do have some really good experience as what you just said, is what you have is what you have. And what other somebody can make is my job. I can make what you want as long as you know what you're doing. Right. Because I am a theater guy, and I can do graphics. I can do that. But I need the instruction of somebody like you. You see, right. I lack in director. And this is why it's like we are saying that there should really be a, a, a actual broadcast of the technical awards. Mm -hmm. because, because these people have, uh, for exactly this reason, yeah, they are the uh, they are the people who make the uh, it's like who help make the performance it's like yes you cannot have one component without the other. You have beautiful actors, beautiful directors, all of that. But it started from a process. 
And and they never and, and they never yes and they never once ever be like you know best producer in film best editor it's like well it's like also in terms of editing it's like a best trailer editor you know would love to uh, to see that category uh, again these are all the people who are taken oh uh, who are taken away from it you know best colorist things now like I'm that gonna, now I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a moment yes when it comes to now, this is going to be the converse idea, the reverse idea, where in mainstream, just because there is, a, like, a there are big companies that are very well known, um, you know, DreamWorks comes to mind, um, you know, yes. there's certain staple companies that, you know, on the mainstream, you know, technical side, they're... You know, they're the go-to guys time and again, you know, to do to handle the technical side. Now, on the indie scene, because of the wide playing field, there are so many folks that can have a certain level of quality or not. Yes. As far as go-to folks. Now, when you find, on the indie side, this is my experience, on the indie side, when you find somebody that is technically savvy, has great, brilliant execution of your vision, you don't want to let, you don't want to share that person. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of want to keep yeah. that. You know what I mean? You kind of want to keep them under wraps because you want to come talk to them but you know every what, project that you do. You don't want them to get that busy. Uh, you are more than you know happy to work with them and and uh, you know and pay them as much as you can. Can, on I, the can I? But I, can I say um, something? Can I say that, that? I think that would not work as well if we had a, a separate show on the indie scene at least. Can but for mainstream, yes, it would be quite interesting. Um, you know, because I've always wanted to see. Okay, how did they come to that decision and? You know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a graphic designer as well, so I you know I'm always interested. Like, geez, how did they do that? And can you know, what was the decision there? You know, can you guys, can you guys hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're a little fuzzy. Okay. Well, I want to I want to say this. Uh, yes, of course, it'd be awesome if we uh, if those people got the due that they deserve and they deserve definitely deserve it. But let's just be honest. It's all it's a business. And I don't know that people would actually care to see those awards. So, but is it enough for them to? No, no. But I'm being honest, though. I mean, because uh, it's like this. It's like you know, it's the same as a. a and I'll use since the Super Bowl's coming up. Um, you know, a um, quarterback is going to get more love than the offensive lineman. You know, is it fair? You know, probably not. What analogy? Kente. So, Kente. You know, Two it is what it is. Two words, Kente. Project Greenlight. Yeah, well, oh, gosh. But, no, but, see, though, but you know what, though? I mean, yeah, you know, it's like when those people say, oh, uh, a teacher should make more money than LeBron James. I'm like, well, that sounds good, but that's not realistic. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know I mean, yeah, it sounds really great. Yeah, teachers should make Millions of I, I know millions of teachers who would settle for half. <laughs> I, I believe. I right? Know. I mean, if there was just a little bit less of a gap, I'd be happy for teachers. But, you know, but, but that's not a reality, and that's not how this world is set up. And mm. the thing is, nobody wants to see 
very few people besides you guys, you nerds, want to see uh, those award shows. Let's just be honest, y'all. What do you mean, you people? Y'all nerds, believe me, they're gonna lose all kind of money. We are their audience. So, I'm, I, Kente's right. Kente's right. The problem with it is it's not going to get a big enough audience mm. to interest any network in carrying the program. Yeah. Because the reason the Oscars are on TV is because they know they can charge a million dollars a minute for advertising. Right. Sure. And it's because of the legacy of how long the Oscars have been running. I mean, you know, from it's everything from that to, you know, just the... <laughs> I don't even know how they even calculate the inflation rate for what <laughs> what it costs now to, uh, you know, put ads uh, during during showtime. But, oh, my God. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a business in that respect. I love those technical guys. Yeah. They're awesome. But no one wants to see them... Actually, it would be how it's presented. It, it, it would be an interesting challenge for uh, for them to be able to do it that way because it's like it isn't going to be your typical award show. It wouldn't be like, oh my god, look at the beautiful dress that uh, that's coming down the runway there. What designer are you wearing? It'd be like, so, you're nominated for, uh, for best uh, editing in this uh, film. It's like, so what was your inspiration behind the editing? Right. It's like saying, it's can say it's almost like saying well nobody likes to see documentaries well yeah people they're that's not true watching but that's not true though because well, honestly unless it's uh, personally for myself unless it's like something very specific to something that i like i probably won't watch it but the market is still out there no it's, but that's not it's, true it's, though yeah, it's just a way of think of the production numbers think of the production numbers bust grip and a bunch of men come out with clapboards and do like a river dance thing clapping there thing. <laughs> no, i'm just saying though that's not true though about the whole no one wants to see documentaries because if you if you check netflix some of their biggest content that they that they have are uh or um, the documentaries. People are. I think this this day and age more than probably in a long time. Yep. Documentaries are like the biggest. How about that? Well, <laughs> Oscars team, if you're listening, <laughs> try to try a documentary style for the tech people, please. No, I'm not. Look, I love. I, I love the tech guys. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't want no tech guys. One thing that Grayson was saying, and that is about guys who put together the movie trailers mm-hmm. yes. if you've ever yeah. seen a movie trailer right. and said oh my god I can't wait to see that movie and then you go see the movie and it sucks and you go the trailer made it look so good that's the guy who should be getting work all the time <laughs> and you know what they were very specialized they, but like, you know what they tried that though allow a trailer person to actually edit they tried the that film. they tried that with um the uh, what's that? Um, the Suicide Squad, and it didn't work yes. too well. Right. Although I enjoyed it just because I'm a, a geek fan of of DC. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know we need to, we need to do a show. We that need to do it can a... succeed. Is just I tried well. to enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy it, but they were trying to make too many movies at one time. Yeah. That's a good point. We need to do a show about what it really is a geek, though, because. Uh, Everybody's claiming it this these days. Are you a geek or do you have geek tendencies? 
Oh, no, no, no. I, I speak multiverse geek, okay? <laughs> Trust me. I'm talking tabletop gamer. You know the deal, Kensei. Tabletop gamer, comic book lover, uh, you know, everything. Okay. And I just want to send a wave to the to the voice from the shadows as an ex-theater techie. I know what you go through, sir. <laughs> Yes, I had uh, I had lots of love for uh, Suicide Squad, and yes, I loved it. And yet, at the same time, uh, it's like yes, I am a big uh, I am a big geek person when it does come to a lot of these things. It's like especially when I'm uh, seeing certain things. Other things, no, not so geeky, not so geeky much. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they they try to make it like if or if you're happy or you're excited about the new Star Wars movie, you're a nerd. Like, no, it's yeah. pretty, pretty good, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, Rogue One was pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's like Rogue One... Uh, okay, my only uh, thing that I will say about Rogue One is that it's like if you really needed a bridge between 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you've just got it. Yes, right. We need mm -hmm. But it, for all of those who didn't really want the bridge because they could figure out the whole entire thing between 1, 2, 3, and 4, 5, 6, um, it's like, thank you for the movie, and it, it, it was enjoyable, but it was like, I liked it but didn't uh, but didn't need the uh, I didn't need the bridge gotcha I liked it I liked yeah, it, I liked it. Yeah. what I liked about it I um I was very thrilled with the fact uh, that there was a lead actor of color I, yes. I you know how, how over the moon was I when I saw that great here's here's a filmmaker to that, especially when it comes to the black male archetype that has been represented, yes, um, even across even across sci-fi. Spoiler alert: I'm also a sci-fi geek, and so um, I mean, even 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 uh, Star Trek, for example. Y'all, I'll cross over to the other side of the oh, the face here. Do. Star Trek side. Even Star Trek did their best. You know, mm -hmm. God bless the Roddenberries because they really did their best to create. Universal themes and yes. have ensemble casts that were diverse, but I'll tell you what: the male, black male archetype, either always was angry all the time or repressed. <laughs> so right. it was quite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was quite yeah. refreshing, uh yeah. in the Star Wars movie to see that uh, you know there's this young guy. Uh, he's got his quirks as well, and he's just trying to figure out. How he fits into the universe too. Well, well, to, to be honest, yeah. I mean, he is basically a empire slave. He's mm -hmm. stamped with a number, not a name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, then suddenly um, he's disconnected from his master, and mm -hmm. then makes his own way, and finds Ray. And guess mm -hmm. what? Yeah, they have a tussle. But then they become friends, and guess what? Heroes become. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you see, this is where uh, it's going to be, uh, like I said, it, it coming though uh, around towards our Oscars, it's like it, it is uh, now a lot more diverse in our fields. Yes, of course it is. Mm -hmm. Like, we are uh, we are starting to, uh, to understand, it's like, look at movies, like, for example, did you ever think that La La Land would ever have gotten done a year ago? Oh, wow. Probably not. You Honestly. know, a throwback to the 1950s uh, yeah, musical, probably. an homage. But who ever thought that the artist would have uh, been done during its time? So, right. 
you know, you, it, as movies are progressing and they're starting to realize that we can start breaking out a little bit and switching up your actors and switching up your genres and it's okay. Of course. Thankfully. Yeah. Yes. That's what the theater is all about. And, but, however, that being said, which brings us also, though, to our second topic. And it may or may not be a happy topic because I'm sure it's going to be a hot button for a lot of you viewers as well and listeners as well. And that is the fact that it's like also a lot of our award shows, including the Oscars, I'm pretty sure will become the next political platform for the next debate of something or a topic of something. Now, you know why? Can I tell you why? Can I let yes. you in on a little secret? Absolutely. Please do. The I actors want to look intelligent, informed, and morally and ethically aware. Yes, they do. They and don't really care, but they want us to think they care. No, no. I don't think that. Come on. Well, some of them, some of them do care, but there's a lot of them that are just jumping on the bandwagon because it'll help. But oh, this will help my popularity if I say this. Hey, if I say something bad about Trump, people are going to love me. Well, it, okay. it, it can be, you know, that part of the popularity contest. It can be, but I find that. I mean, just the other day. Um, Bless me, but I can't remember his name. The the young guy that was uh, Kumar in uh, Harold and the Harold Cal and Kumar. Cal Penn. Oh, Cal Penn. Yeah. Yeah. I found out that he was actually working for the White House during the Obama administration. He was like the yeah. yeah, great his career. or something. And, and I was for yes. like, And now he's working at the White House for the Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> presidency. Yeah. No, but seriously, and he and that that kind of floored me because you know actor as he is, he and he and he took off time. Uh, there's a wiki page about it. Look it up, guys. Oh yeah, no, he, I know. He took He's, time off from the White House to go ahead and and uh, he was a major character on How I Met Your Mother for quite some time. Um, once yeah, his yeah. role was done there, went back uh, to working for the White House. And um, that, that's an instance where, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've never really heard that, you know, new. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. He's a very, very intelligent man who yeah, plays stupid know. really that's, well. You know, that's, and you know what? Actually, that's, that's the best people that can play stupid really well. Ask Lisa Kudrow sometimes. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, and this is what... When I heard that, I was like, oh, Absolutely. no. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just an example. Yeah, put that out there as an example yes. of, oh, gee, you know, it doesn't seem like he did that. He got involved, you know, politically as a, as a gimme or a, you know, a, a gimmick um, kind of thing or popularity thing. But uh, blessings on him, um, you know, for, for having that, that side of his career. So... Yes, but, and, um, and and someone with with his background and everything. Now, if he's going, if he went up on the stage and started talking politics, I would listen because I yeah. know he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I know that George Clooney basically knows what he's talking about when oh, it comes sure. to politics. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot who get up there and are just using the buzzwords, and okay. those are the people where they should start the music early. 
No. <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to be popular yep. tonight. <laughs> no, I uh, I will also play uh, somewhat of uh, an advocate on both sides. I am torn with that when it comes down to it. Yes, by all means, it's like if you do believe in something passionately, uh, say it, say it artistic. Uh, Articulately, make sure that you also have passed it by your publicist, please, because at this point in time, otherwise you could be shooting yourself in the foot while shooting off your mouth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yet at the same time, I also believe that, you know what, it, it's like this is an award show talking about your accomplishments in that particular category. Um, you have the absolutely if you believe in something you know what you uh, use your celebrity for what you want because this is your moment but mm -hmm. also at the same time maybe take at least 30 seconds out of your speech to maybe oh think the reason as to why you're actually up there wait a minute right. wait, wait, wait 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 all right i've listened enough that's not true the people who've said stuff of course they think they're the people that are involved in all that crap but then but you know what? I think it's the perfect time to make a statement, especially if yes. you, because all the eyes are listening, or I mean, all the eyes are watching you, all the eyes are, uh, ears are listening. That is the perfect time. And honestly, you can't make an activist statement in controlled environment where everything is perfect. That's bull. Like you got to do it when it's uncomfortable. You got to do it because you know what? We're in un look. I, I don't even want to say we're in. We live in uncomfortable times because we've always been in uncomfortable times. But but there's a lot of shit going on right now. And honestly, this ain't the time to be silent. Uh, it's never was the time to be silent. So I don't know who the people are that you're referring to who are just jumping on the bandwagon. Um, you know, uh, the only person I could think of that was really who said something was uh, Meryl Streep um, in her speech. Uh, which you know, you know, I, I really enjoyed what she had to say and all of that that yes. stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's man. I, seriously, my attitude is fuck the Oscars. You know, uh, and <laughs> so if people that get up there and ruffle up them stuff suits and all of that stuff, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. And you know what? The people in the audience they'll be fine. The people at home will be fine. But I'll, you know what? Let me get an opportunity to say something there. I believe me, I'm gonna take that opportunity. They can boo me and everything. You know who I was proud of? I was proud of um, Michael Moore. Really, Michael Moore won the Academy Award, and he had so much balls. People forgot about that. He he did it when it was not popular at all. He did it in a time where no one, even right or left, was saying anything. When they knew the shit was wrong, because the the line, the party line was, you're supposed to, uh, you know, whatever the president say, you're supposed to be on board with it. And to Michael Moore's credit, he said what he said about, you know, that they were lying and stuff. Now it's so funny. At the time, people from the right and left jumped his ass. Yeah. They now, now it's so funny. Now everybody says it now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he wanted to uh, have uh, bipartisan, uh, you know, solidarity. <laughs> yeah. they, wanted they wanted to kill him. Remember, they wanted to kill him after he said that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. But he had something to say. Yes. He said it. Yes. And yes, I'm very proud of him too. I very found proud. tremendous balls to do what he did right. at that time. But would I give him 
extra special kudos for was coming back the following year for the opening thing and making fun of himself. Yes. That takes a uh, big person. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember after that, boy, they was trying to kill him. And they thought his career was over. You know, they were trying to end his career because he had the stones to say that. And my thing is like this, is I want, you know what, I want to foster that. That idea of speaking up because people are so afraid. People are so afraid to speak up. Like, I... I've been in situations where I've worked at a job where the conditions weren't right or whatever, and everybody's afraid to say something, right? And I can understand why it's your livelihood, right? You don't want to lose your yeah. livelihood, but somebody got to say something. The era of PC, somebody uh, got to say something. Uh, correctness, then yeah, it is really. I mean, it's 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 called this. It, we're living in a country where we can actually voice our opinions. So, yes. mm-hmm. I may not like what you have to say, but you want to know something? At least I can see you coming. If I can at least get a sense of where you're coming yeah. from, because you have the right to be able to say it, at least I know whether to agree with you or whether to avoid you with a 10 mile pole when I'm passing you on the street. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. I'd really rather know what you have to say. Uh, and where you're coming from, so that I know how to deal with you, you know. So you know what? Though I I, I delete people off of uh, social media yes. when they talking crazy and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um and I won't you know I'll just go ahead and do it right. And right. I've had people come back to me and say, "Hey, you know, I'm, we're no longer friends on social media." And I said, "Yeah." And um, what I had to start doing was making an uh, an envelope or folder on my computer so I could remember why what was the reason because a lot of times it'll happen way later and I forget why I did it. So so I, I have like an asshole folder of people doing asshole things, you know. Well, and, you, know always, you can always play it as a. Did I say that? I don't know what I was thinking, man. Uh, uh, nah, that's not Kente's so, I know, I know that's not no, Kente's so, like. So like, but you know what? They, the first thing they want to. No, I have you. to agree with you because I mean the one thing that people forget, especially about social media, is you can just turn people off anytime that you don't yes, feel yes. comfortable. You know, right. and that's, that's your own self censure right there. You know, you be your own censor. If you don't want to hear what somebody has to say, you have every right to turn them off. However, because mm-hmm. it's an open forum, I mean, don't be surprised when people speak their mind. Oh yeah. You know? I let people go in on stuff that well, I said. But once, and, once again, as Grayson said, and I, yeah, okay, yes. yeah, I, I can understand that. But let's also remember why you're up there in the first place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At least take thirty seconds of your two minute uh, of your two minute platform to at least thank the people who brought you up there to be uh, to begin with, and then yes, absolutely go into what uh, to whatever that it is that is going on there. Now, my other uh, thing that has also been brought up, it was a very recent thing that happened during a certain function that uh, that happened, and I'll say it right out loud: the protests mm-hmm. and the whole uh, and the whole inappropriate uh, and certain inappropriate statements that were said by certain celebrities in regards to that who really should have had a publicist uh, before they shot their mouth but at the same time it's like it's almost as though the scene that happened a few years ago at the Toronto Film Festival when a certain director was asked will they uh, accept scripts from actors and they said no why the hell would I do that what do they have to contribute 
Oh, and who, sorry, who was that? Uh, actually, <laughs> sound, sound like me. So are like we me. not naming names? Are we not naming no. names? We, um, we will, we'll tell you in the chat box after uh, okay. the, it was me. you know, in regard to that. It's like, it's, par it's, 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 it's tightly paraphrasing exactly what the person had said in, in that sense of basically, like, why, on, and especially when the actors who were there involved in the project were sitting beside them. Oh, no! And, yeah, um, it created awkward situation. Wow. And, and this was broadcasted live in front of TIFF, so... Oh um, in regards to this, okay, um, this person, in terms of the protest, did this live in front of that, and as the harsh reaction back, the radio stations here have decided they are no longer playing their music. Wow. They, they consider anti-American statements. What I say is that, I'm sorry I didn't run it by my publicist and ran my mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's in, wow, that's in, Yes, but in context to what that person said, it was an angry reaction to a something that should have never been said. Mm. Okay, and a really poor choice of wording. And if you could say the I'm sorry and could have taken back the verbal diarrhea, they should have taken back the verbal diarrhea of that. Boy. But reaction on the other side, like a lot of people whose reaction to Meryl Streep's speech was like, well, I I had a lot of respect for her before, but I don't, I have multitudes of respect for her, the fact she turned around and said something she believes. Whether you agree or disagree, you can't, the one thing you have to agree is that if a person has the right to the platform, it's how they say it. Yes. That it like, she said it very classily. This other uh, person said it very... Verbal diarrhea. Classroom. Mm -hmm. um, the, well, the important thing, too, with Meryl Streep, I mean, what she said was unpopular in a lot of circles. Yeah. Okay? A lot of people were very pissed off at her. But give her this. She was there and said it herself. It's not like back when Marlon Brando refused the Oscar because of the way Native Americans were being treated. Yes. Didn't bother to show up himself to make his statement, but sent somebody else to make it for him. Ah, no, yeah. no, no. This person does not get a platform. Marlon Brando, he can have a platform. This person can't. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. And, and this is why it's like 30 seconds, thank the people you want to thank, and then if you do have something to say, and then please, like I said, run it by your publicist ahead of time, so Man, that... Alright, you know what, if I had a publicist... You make the if I had a publicist... Have more fights. If I had a yeah. publicist... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm interested yeah. in hearing from them. If I had and a publicist... Okay, I, go ahead, Kenta, you first. Go if ahead. I had a publicist, my publicist would... All my publicists would quit. Because I ain't running shit by no damn publicist when I want to speak about something about Glad my people. You said so. so they would quit in anger because I ain't going to do what they want me to do. So I probably, you know, I think they're important. I know publicists. I love y'all. But I'm probably not the person they want to work with. Because I do. Oh when I feel like I need to say something, I'm going to say it. But, um, and then sometimes though, I'm going to be, I, I, I get it. And it protects you and all of that, 
But sometimes I want to hear somebody speak from the heart, though. Like, I, I'm so tired of prepared statements and about real serious things and stuff like that. Like, sometimes I want to... It's like, let me ask you. You two ladies are married, right? Yeah. So if your husband effed up, which I'm sure every once in a while they do, both of y'all husbands, right? Yes. How would you like it if he had a publicist... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he the run by what he gonna say to try to make things right. I don't know if you would like that, would you? You would want to hear him talk oh, from the heart. Boy, no, but that's on a personal level, though. You know, that's what I want. Though, that's what I want. I want personal. I want from the heart. I want to know. I don't want to know what your team put together. I want to know what comes from your heart. Now, <laughs> you know, maybe coming from your heart might get you blackballed from the industry or something like that. Maybe you got to protect that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, sometimes I hate those I hate, like, when I, you can tell when it's public to speak, right? Y'all can tell, right? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. Well, this is why it's a publicist, a good publicist will not put the words in their mouth, but will filter the words that are being said, and the actions that are being done. Right. A good publicist can make sure that um, certain comments don't come through in that. Right. You're right. And it's like, yes, of course there is going to be actors who you cannot control. Um, certain actors that it's like, or certain people who it's like that they have no control over uh, that sort of thing. And right now we have one in the presidential office who apparently does not listen to his own publicist. Or else would filter speech. Or, or, but, sa or Satan is his publicist. <laughs> That's where he's getting his uh, his uh, marching orders from or something like that. I don't yes. know. Yes. It's like he and his publicist should uh, should be having a, a lovely talk together. But that being said, um, again, you know, it's one of those things of we've all done it. We've all said something out of turn, inappropriate, something that has, you know been you know misconstrued but the thing is is that they're much uh, much more of a public eye than we are if yeah. we say it it's the my bad or you know you screw up it's the my bad you suffer the consequences accordingly like if your husband screws up it's like he knows the the consequences accordingly in regards to that it's like you're going to get the angry you're going to get like the angry uh, wife thing and you know it <laughs> I'm a, you know, it's like vice versa. It's like you know, it's not exactly going to be sunshine and roses the next morning, and true. you know, oh, honey, all is forgiven. It's like don't yeah. care. Been on the couch. Yeah. Exactly. Let me tell you how the actors can be as political as they want, and not get into any real trouble, you know, that upset the viewers because they're going to say, well, okay, yeah, actors should be concerned about this. And, you know, if they want to talk bad about Trump, all they have to do is talk about the arts in school. Yeah. See, I don't know if people are aware of this. Mm. <clears throat> I'm reading a little petition here. Recent reports suggest President Donald Trump plans to defund the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Without the NEA and NEH, artists and educators could be left without crucial government grants for their projects. No way. Funding wow. for the National Endowments are a minuscule por 
portion. 0.004%, that's four one-thousandths of 1% of the nearly $4 trillion federal budget. Are you so cutting them? right now? Dang! So cutting them is not going to have any effect on the federal budget, but now here's the kicker. He's not actually cutting that expenditure. He's giving it to the military. Uh, well, God knows they need more than the $1 trillion they get every year. Well, I mean, uh, why am I not surprised? Because he basically, during his entire campaign before getting elected... He pissed off the world at us. That's we have to defend ourselves. Yeah, that he would repeal every you know, ounce of achievement in the opposite direction that Obama, you know, was able to achieve during his administration. So, you know, this is one president where I wish, I wish he wouldn't come through with half of the stuff that he promised. You know, you're always worried about the, uh, you know, the, the, the candidate that promises the moon and gives you a pile of dirt by the time his term is up. Uh, this is the opposite. I'm like, oh, you promising a whole lot of stuff that I really hope you don't find the time to fulfill. You know, no, he's 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 already starting on all of it. It's it's just <laughs> disgust, and this utterly disgusts me. And what disgusts me even further, the White this, House can't go into it. People don't want to make their voices heard when it comes to the arts. Okay, this petition came up came out on January 21st. Mm -hmm. They needed 100,000 signatures to get a response from the White House by February 20th. Yes. Oh, man. 3,842 people had signed. Now, oh, man. I conjecture that if Trump was going to cut government funding for athletics in schools... That petition would have had 100,000 signatures in an hour. I wonder, though. Mm -hmm. I wonder, though. I mean, there's... when it It's hard to judge that one, too, because of the socioeconomic breakdown. What, you know, who would be voting on that? Now, if you're talking about inner-city kids where, you know, many of their prospects for, you know, full-time college and advanced mm -hmm. degrees and and all of that is limited um getting your kid in on a basketball scholarship for example is like the highlight of being a parent at that point you know what i'm saying yeah. like it, it really would depend on who's actually doing voting who 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 the petition gets out it gets put in front of really because as in tune as I personally like to try to be about the industry I, I had no idea about that petition until you just told me I had no idea that was one of the things that was on his agenda oh well, yeah that's, that's, why, that's why I brought it up a lot of people don't realize this or they're not paying attention to it and what's going to happen is music, art, theater yep. mm -hmm. it's all going to vanish from well, our elementary and secondary schools. Mm -hmm. And it's already begun doing that over the past. And where are tomorrow's artists going to come from? You know, it's funny. A lot of people don't know this. During George Bush's presidency, they tried to, they wanted to do something like that. And it, actually, Laura Bush 
uh, I gotta give her props. She was one of the people that helped fight against that. Uh, they convinced yep. her husband not to do it. A lot of people don't know that. You know, Interesting. And, 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 yeah, um, and I was kind of surprised to hear that, you know. So, so uh, you know, they say a, blo- a broke cr- clock is right twice a day. So uh, yeah. that was something good that she did, <laughs> definitely did. But now, you know, because the, the truth is, the reason why Trump wants to t- do that is because his kids are going to, uh, they're going to have access to the arts. You know, uh, they want to make it a privilege, you know, for the rich and the, the those who have money and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so that's why they're like, that's why they're, you know, they, they've been wanting to do this for a long time, you know. But if you think about it, a lot of the great artists and musicians and, and whatnot, you know, they all got their starts, you know, from the arts in school. Sure. Being able to go to yes. museums and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. And, um, you know, as someone who's got NEA grants, and that's a big part of what I do, you know, it's very frightening. You know uh, that this this happened, and most of the people I know, that's their lifeblood. Yes. Yeah. And it, but this is the whole thing: is that uh, okay? Now you're starting at National Endowment for the Arts. How soon is it going to be 181? How soon? Uh, how soon is it going to be? The minute that you start putting these borders, it's like a lot of product will not uh, be getting made, and it's only for the reason that it's like for right now uh, there has been uh, there has been a plethora of good projects that have gotten NEAs, uh, 181s and all of that, it's because there has actually been because of these projects and programs, they've had this ability to be able to have the funding come together because it's not, you're not only relying on the state tax credits, and again, I will ask, when does the tax credits uh, end then, again, in each of the states? Right. are we going to then have run? Are we going to be looking at because if Canada uh, does it, other countries do it because of all of these Brexits and Celtics and all of the, uh, that? Everybody is like uh, messing around with all of these things. It's like um, if states start t- getting rid of tax credits, then what's the incentive again for filming in the states? And I'll 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 take this time to uh, make a statement on a political platform. For Florida, and because and coming from New York, it just floors me how difficult the 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 challenge has been here in Florida for decades, decades to have the government, state government, allow incentives in in this state and. You know, no offense to the West Coast, but there was a Hollywood in Florida before there was a Hollywood in California. And it seems to have gone by the wayside with how state government has treated incentives. You know, whoever it is in Tallahassee that's just turning down opportunities, there could be so much uh, economic flow that comes in. Just ask Atlanta. Just ask Georgia. Amen. You know, Atlanta and Savannah in particular. Louisiana. Louisiana. You know. Yeah. So and it's and it's other southern states. It's not just oh, it's northern states and they don't know what the hell they're you know what I mean? It's yeah. other southern states that have said, Yeah, we're gonna make some money. 
So Michigan uh, got got a really uh, huge boost up also Northern-wise. It's like as soon as the the tax incentives uh, there for state taxes, it's like they got a big boost in terms of filming. It's like it actually revived their economy for quite a while and still does. Pennsylvania's had it. You know, it's like this is the thing is that they don't realize that a lot of people don't realize because they stick their head in the sand and think everybody is doing Celebrity Apprentice. To give credit where it's due, yes, the people credit. of Chicago know that the film and arts industry saved Chicago from going yes. bankrupt. And wow. the mayor at that time, a African-American gentleman by the name of Harold Washington. Harold Washington, yeah. He made, he, he practically, his vision was to make Chicago the second Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a lot of years, Chicago was Hollywood. When it moved from New York, it first moved to Chicago before it went to the West Coast. Yes. And he's, he started bringing all that back, offering the filmmakers all kinds of incentives. It made jobs. It made money. And it kept that city from going bankrupt. That's the whole thing is the arts do create over a billion jobs per year. It's like, you know, you take away arts, uh, it's like not to get political, but you take away arts funding, you pretty much take away a large chunk of revenue for a lot of states, cities, places that wouldn't normally receive revenue because you're always looking for a unique location. Yeah. For uh, for your uh, for your project, it's like um, <coughs> Gone Girl was filmed here in Missouri. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like uh, other other films have been filmed in in states that you wouldn't think that uh, you're going. Like, well, where is this little small? Right. Piece? Detroit uh, is on the come up too. Forks, Washington got popular because of uh, the Twilight right. series. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit mm-hmm. is on the come up. Um, and, um, you know, uh, obviously in Canada, Toronto, yep. uh, Calgary, Vancouver, South Africa oh, yeah. actually is a place right now that's booming too. Yes. A lot of stuff is done in South Africa. Um, it's yep. like, you know, it's, it's, it's really expanding and, um, you know, uh, so the, like Los Angeles, it's very hard for a lot of productions to get done here because it's very expensive, you know, yes. so. You know who's really, really cleaning up in this market right now? The state of Georgia. Yes. How often do you see that peach emblem at the end of a movie Mm -hmm. or a television show? Absolutely. And, you know, this is why I'm glad that one of the... uh, the, There's a a description card that I've seen more and more, uh, the latest films that I've been watching, too, that tells you how many jobs were created as a result of the making of this film. I love that. Because it needs to be... You know, I almost, I almost wish you could put it in the front of a movie every time instead of the end, just to yeah. wake these politicians up and be like, "This is money. Yeah. This is a money-making yeah. industry." You know, we are not just, uh, you know, floating around playing dress up all day. We're making jobs. Come on, you know. Yeah, it should. You know, I absolutely agree with you. Yes. Right after, right after all of the studio logos. The first thing that should come on that screen should say it should be this film, the filming of this movie created 168,427 jobs. At least when it it goes to TV, 
you know, when they when the film makes it to, uh, they, they uh, make whatever deal they make to have the film run on TV. I mean, put it there, even. If you can yes. do it feasibly at the box office, put it there. Because that would be, because usually they have the viewer discretion advised, you know, advised yeah. me in the beginning. They could put that there, too. Yeah, I could see but that. They, it, yeah, they could put it ahead of the viewer discretion is advised. Mm-hmm. But another thing that they could also, uh, another thing that is also part of that is like, yes, we talk about the jobs that were created by that, but they don't also talk about the industries that are affected by it. Anytime that somebody buys catering from uh, from there, it's like the food industries that are uh, done from uh, by getting the arts into their city. It's like uh, the things of parking uh, places it's like as much as a lot of people resist in a lot of major cities like los angeles toronto and all uh, and major cities that uh, film it's like at the same time they love the idea of the revenue streams from all of that because who doesn't want their restaurant filled with somebody there their hotels filled for two three weeks when production is going on and sometimes two three months at a time their b&b's mm-hmm. filled all of that uh, stuff. it's like all of the tertiary markets that are also yeah. be, it, so it's not only the production jobs that are created it's the tertiary markets that benefit now, from it now there, i'm gonna tell you though one thing i don't like though living in los angeles is i where i live at they do a lot of filming in the, my neighborhood and um like they need to do a better job of compensating like when you take up all the, the the parking and the traffic and having oh. they don't do it they you gotta fight to get compensation um, for it you know uh, and that's one thing I don't like uh, hey, about you it. know what just walk up to the director and say look at least give me bus fare <laughs> yeah they'll they'll, they'll yeah. love you for that break, break me <laughs> off some bread. <laughs> Bring me on some bread. That's what. All I'm right, and you know what, Greg? You gave me a you gave me a great idea. Here we go, my fellow filmmakers, my fellow filmmakers. Yeah. Why not put part of that film film that you know as part of your behind the scenes? You know your BTS. Uh, yep. behind the scenes features and stuff I would love to see something like that because I'm a person that watches behind the scenes stuff and that's another thing I had to train my husband up on you know just to <laughs> see where the filmmaker was coming from you know he yes. loves his action movies and stuff but to really see what they had to do to pull it together in in you know mm-hmm. in the background I geek out about that I, I admit it Sh- I was, you know what Cher husband really loves Cher husband really loves you Cher husband really wait 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 a minute I have listening to the director's commentary that would be great oh gosh <laughs> right Sh- and it's difficult I get it, you know. Attention to what they are these days, but uh, you know. I like also the producer's commentary. How how difficult was this? Actually, make getting this project actually to uh, to the screen itself. It's like you know, how many people did uh, slam the door and said no on this production, and then right? How many grants and stuff like that? If you did within Lionsgate's movies, damn, you'll be there all day. They are infamous for that. They will pick up stuff that gets, you know, that bangs out at the box office that other people, a whole list of other people kind of said no. And then they'll pick up a winner, you know. And and you got to hand it to Lionsgate. You know, I mean, they got into a niche market 
when they first started out. They yeah. primarily were taking all the horror movies that nobody else wanted to bankroll and said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And oh, that's how we got you Saw. That's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how we got a lot of really popular franchises. But here's the kicker about that. If you go back further in their history, and, I, and by gum, I was surprised myself. I was like, wait a minute, Lionsgate. And there's there's movies like Powder and like oh, oh, yeah, yeah. age movies that old school Lionsgate produced yeah. that were, had nothing to do with that genre. And I was like, ooh. So... It feels like as soon as they got their new logo and their new look and they rebranded themselves over the past, I'd say, decade or, or even a little further back, yeah, that's definitely true. I'm 100% with you. They they took, like, this odd genre and just ran with it, you know. But before that, they actually were more diverse. So I guess, they, I guess that was their own um, journey that they had to take, you know, uh, how they were doing the niche films. They were doing the niche films, and I think what eventually happened was they kind of niche filmed themselves almost out of the industry, which yeah, is why I, I think they decided to take on a major genre that nobody else was doing much with, and at that time that they were deciding to do this, that happened to be horror. Right. Yeah. If it had been science fiction, they would have done science If there had been no Star Wars, they would have done Star Wars. Yes. I think so. And this is why also, in terms of the arts, of why it's important to have these these arts programs, arts budgets, things like that. It's like, if you want to be able to see that uh, that grow, it's like, you have to tell, uh, it's like a lot of people don't realize. They go, like, uh, uh, they roll their eyes, oh my god. The arts people, it's like, oh my god. They're asking for, uh, for the money to stay there. It's not they're asking for the money to stay there because they want to envision the wonderful creative things that are happening. What they want is they want uh, to be able to make the films that uh, people want to be able to see as well as also at the same time you know what it's like we uh, we need the arts because there are a bunch of tertiary people who benefit from uh, having arts funding agree mm-hmm yeah. It's it's like well the creation of the movie it happens even pre creation of the movie. Think of all of the creative minds because a lot of producers will spend many years that they don't take a single penny on the project because they can't. They're trying to put yeah. it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The right actors, the right comedy, the casting people, uh, people who, it's like, and yes, it's great to see the behind the scenes footage, but if you ask them what their journey was uh, like, it's like, and if you asked, for example, a location when you're there in filming, how much benefit that they, uh, that they got, it's like the late night order of McDonald's, 300 meals to have to come over there, or Burger King, right? or, or the, lo- or even better, the local, yeah. uh, no, the local uh, shopkeepers that have their own restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The nearest it's restaurant good. that they have that orders lit, uh, at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. I know. It's like, yeah. uh, I, for, for several years, I, I worked in management of professional theater in Chicago. It's called, it was called the Airy Crown Theater. Mm-hmm. And we were bringing in musicals from Broadway. And there was a little theater 
we were in the, we were in the big exposition hall, McCormick Place. I'm sure you've probably yeah. heard of that. It's where all the big expos go in Chicago. And um, on the upper level, there was a little theater in the round mm-hmm. uh, that used to belong to another theatrical group, and I God, the name escapes me at the moment. But they deserted it. And we took it over and started producing original plays. And yep. it's, it was remarkable bringing these celebrities in to <coughs> do this play where they're going to be here for two weeks rehearsing and then they're going to be here for two or three or four weeks performing. And I, I can remember Jerry Paris coming to direct Last of the Red Hot Lovers with Tom Bosley. And Jerry Paris coming down to my desk and saying, you know where there's a good deli? Mm-hmm. Take me to the deli. Wow. And I said, yeah, I got to, to eat lunch with Jerry Paris and talk to, pick his brain for two hours. It was incredible. Wow. But yeah, that's, but that's, that's what the arts bring. And it's not just movies either. In Chicago, Art itself, uh, the the sidewalk art. They had they they decorated benches. They put cows all yes. over the streets of Chicago, and the tourism business went nuts. People came to Chicago yes. to see the painted cows. Wow! Yeah, yeah. it's like the Toronto Moose. The yeah. Oh, get out of here! Really? They have a Toronto Moose? Yeah, they have a moose. <laughs> we have a bunch of mooses everywhere. Down here in Florida, it's jaguars everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so funny because it's like when they used to be in Toronto, it used to be like, yeah, because we just have them walking around downtown Toronto everywhere, moose. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. They just cross the street every single day. Cool. That's right. Just call, <laughs> just call us Northern Exposure. We're yep. Toronto, the world's largest hick town, right? <laughs> <laughs> Even, even in upstate New York at one point, um, I had gone up there uh, for a weekend to go to a Dave Matthews concert years ago. Yeah, My daughter loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, back when this, this, uh, this uh, artistic, uh, you know, tendency started to have an, a signature animal in different places, I'm sure somebody from uh, in the chat room... Uh, or, or watching us now probably is from another state and is like, yeah, in th- our state we had beavers. In Texas, they probably had steers. Upstate New York had buffaloes all throughout. And I hadn't been up there in years. And yes. suddenly there were artistic buffaloes everywhere. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. You know? And then you have folks that have come out and like sometimes they'll, uh, they'll spot crochet and they'll like crochet a beard onto a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. onto a bust, a public bust out there somewhere, yep. or a statue, or you know, uh, there's just so much, uh, you know, uh, a ripple effect. Yes. That, uh, you know, having one type of project or another in the arts uh, influences so many others. So it's it's quite fun. Oh yeah. And, and even something like that again requires somebody creative, somebody interesting. It's like it's like basically it is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so you know, let's save tourism. Let's save the small businesses. Yes. 
let's keep the arts going. I was, yeah. When I was growing up in elementary school, you weren't given a choice. You right. took the music class. You took the art class. Yeah. I cannot draw a straight line with a ruler. <laughs> I flunked yes. art every time. Oh. <laughs> I loved being able to have that outlet for expression. Mm. Right. Even if I was no good at it. How about that? Yeah. It certainly keeps uh, kids, uh, you know, out of as much trouble as they could be in. Yeah. And, I, and, and I joke, I joke, the, the art teacher didn't flunk anybody. You know, as long as he, if he knew you were trying, you got an A, you know. He knew <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> but, you know, the on, on, on the just on the down low, he said, you're not going to try to be an artist for life, right? Because you're no good. It's like, no. I know, I know, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, one thing I wanted to uh, to to get to before we uh, before we say good goodbye, uh, we you know we're talking about the Oscars. We're talking about the preserving the arts. We're talking about uh, you know, of course, uh, the president uh, Donald yes. uh, J. Trump. Um, so, my question is for you guys: is what do you guys think the future is going to be for the arts? Like. Do you expect? I mean, do you do you expect uh, that Donald Trump will actually um, pull the funding? And let's just say, if the funding the funding is pull, pulled, um, you know, I'm gonna go to Arpo. Do like kind of a life after people analysis of what would happen once the funding is pulled. You know what I'm saying? Like, give a breakdown of. What what would happen once the funding is pulled, and what life would be in that post-funding pulled uh, universe? I it mean, would be very, oh, very. Yeah. yeah, he said he was coming to me first, so shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Now, um, I am foreseeing a very bleak future for the arts until we get a president. Who cares about making well-rounded individuals instead of replacing caps and gowns with business suits? And that's not going to happen while Trump's in office. That's right. So for the next four years, look for the art scene to be very, very bleak. It's very. It's going to be very sad until people get pissed off enough. You know, when they suddenly realize, wait a minute, all the movies are starting to suck. All the TV shows are starting to suck. All the plays on Broadway are starting to suck. That's right. Then maybe someone will say, "Hey, maybe we should have arts in the schools." Yeah, we should. You know what I hate when the people that want to defund the NEA. They always want to use, like, it's kind of like the abortion um, argument. They want to use some extreme case. They, they always want to say, oh, yeah, art, yeah, it's a, a turd on a canvas. Uh, you know, they want to use some kind of, you know, real extreme, nonsensical uh, thing to make their case. You know, like like uh, they do that with the abortion thing. You know, uh, first of all, no one. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, like the, that's like the famous art exhibit in Chicago, which was basically this artist put an American flag on the floor where you had to actually walk on the flag to get to the exhibit. Oh. Mm. 
And they say that's what the NBA... He was making a statement, and he caught 30 shades of hell from everybody. It's like, nobody understood. I'm making a statement here. I'm making a comment. Think about yes. what this means. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it, you know, uh, it, it's. A, I hate when they do that, though. They use that extreme case to try to make their point, and it's, and it's bullshit. Um, you yeah. know... Look, it's in. It's so important in, in just every phase of life. It's like one of those. It's. I always say the arts is like one of those fronts on the war that we don't even realize. A lot of us don't realize how important it is. You know, until it's gone or until it's later. It's like you didn't realize that. You know, because we worry about so many other things, and then sometimes the arts will get left behind. You know, but I always say like this: how important the arts are. There, there were uh, these Native uh, Native Americans called the Anasazi out of the New Mexico, and uh, they vanished. They just vanished. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why we know that they ever exist was the art that they left behind. The art that they that their civilization left behind in this, those caves in New Mexico uh, is the only reason why we know that they existed. You know. Yeah. So that's a, an example of how important the arts are and how important it, it is to a culture. Exactly. Because tens, ten of, tens of thousands of years from now, when intergalactic or extraterrestrial archaeologists come to Earth to see what life is like, they're not going to look at the politics. They're going to look at the art. Yeah. Well, product was created during this yeah. era. And then Cher, Cher is going to uh, make them watch uh, all the credits in uh, all the movies. Correct! <laughs> you cracked me up with that, uh, I had to train my husband, train. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, because having never, ha- with the start that I have had in the industry, I had to train myself. And... You know, because he doesn't have a, a hand in that world, it's difficult to impart to somebody else how important, you know, it was for the contribution. Mm-hmm. Everybody involved, unless you unless you school them, unless unless no, you. I, I agree with you. I, I I'm not gonna lie. When I when the minute I be trying to get, it's like L.A. is a lot of traffic. So I'll be trying to get the hell up out of the theater. <laughs> so I, I, this is what I do is when I get that bootleg uh, of the movie, <laughs> I watch the credits. <laughs> oh I'm only kidding, Grayson, because Grayson's about to have a heart attack. Yeah. But, uh, oh boy. but yeah, no, I, I've only been though. one time in recent years where I didn't watch the stay to watch the credits of a movie, and that was when Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Return of the King came out. I went on the first night. I went straight from work. The line was huge. I went oh, yeah. in line with with my friend. You can't get out of the line. Oh jeez! Not even to go to the bathroom. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Two hours and fifty minutes. I'm at the top of the aisle in the theater, dancing around, going, "God damn it! There's another scene! Oh, <laughs> there's another scene!" Poor it's like the credits started. I went, "Thank you," and ran out. Poor, yeah, they, gave, they gave me so they gave me so much uh, heck because I I didn't care for Fellowship of the Rings. I liked the other two more. Man, 
Fellowship was boring to me. I like, I like the, I like the. Everybody knows two towers is the one that sucked. Come on. I like the two towers. I actually like the two towers. I actually liked all three of them, but you know, Peter Jackson did kind of approach the whole project with, as, you know, you make Fellowship of the Rings and the Two Towers because you want to make Return of the King. Right. Right. It kind of made it sound like I really didn't care about those two. I was thinking ahead to the third movie. <laughs> See, yeah, like I said, uh, it's like I will reserve comment for the fact that I only like the animated one. You talking about uh, the Hobbit? Oh, yes. We're, uh, no, no, no. No, the no, no Ralph Bakshi. Oh, the, the Ralph Bakshi. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like I think that all the uh, all the Hobbits should look like Tetley T folk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, oh my God! It was a stoner's paradise that movie. Oh no! <laughs> I like it. I love Ralph Bashy's work, and uh, as every, anyone who knows me knows that one of my favorite movies is The Fire and Ice. Love that. That's one of my mm. favorites. Yeah. Like I actually, I actually was able. I went to a convention, and one of the we had him on the spotlight. Um, one of the uh, artists that worked on it had actual art from Fire and Ice, and. Yep. Uh, like I didn't even want to touch it because it was like wow it's like you know it amazing Gee. but uh, he's like go ahead touch it. yeah you know I was like oh man my I was afraid that I was gonna mess it up somehow <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, oh, that's pretty cool wow. but yeah you know I just got home wait a minute whose fingerprint is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, um you know what I think this is a good time um. You know, uh, this is a, a thing. I haven't talked to Grayson about this. But, yes! But um, I wanted to... Uh, me and that we talk about, you know, Hollywood and such. And um, what's going... The goings-ons. I wanted to... Yep. Um, kind of go over the uh, the box office of last week. And kind of get people's opinions on... Uh, on um, what they... First of all... Does anybody has anyone seen the box office from last week? No. No. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't checked it yet. Okay, so let me ask you guys: What do you guys think was number one? La La Land. Okay. I, I I would I would like it to have been Resident Evil, but I imagine it. Well, I don't know. La La Land's been out for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been Resident Evil. What about you, Cher? I'm not even. I've been so busy. I've had my head in the sand. I'm not even sure what came out. Just guess. What do you <laughs> think? What do you think was number uh-huh. one? What are my choices? What are my choices? Just guess. Just guess. I don't know. I can't. Say, I can't guess on a name of a movie. I don't even know. All right. I, I, I'll say the top ten. Okay. All right. Number ten was gold. Mm-hmm. Number nine was monster trucks, which looked like oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like the worst piece of shit. Quick, let's movie. jump on the on on the cars bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> number yeah. number eight was uh, Rogue One, Star Wars story. Uh, number uh-huh. seven was Sing. Number yeah, number yeah. Uh, seven was Sing. Number six. Was Triple uh, X the return of Xander Cage? Mm. Oh my! Yeah. Yeah. Well, because everybody loves Vin Diesel. Oh yeah. Number five was La La Land, and uh, it's making a ton of money. Uh, number four, I'm shocked, was Resident mm-hmm. Evil. It was number four at the box office in its first week. Hey, oh, wow. wow! But I mean, it, it made thirteen. 
13 million. You know why? Because uh-huh. it is that good. It, it, everyone says it's really good. Number three was Hidden Figures, which uh, is doing uh-huh. amazing at the box office. I'm so happy for that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's an yes. awesome, awesome movie. Now, number two is A Dog's Purpose. I have no idea what that movie's about. Uh, oh, a uh, dog getting, getting reincarnated into other dogs. Uh, oh, God. Thing. You know, like, to be united with the original master or something. And isn't it something? I'm surprised at that one. Ooh. Mm, I'll tell you why in a minute. And what was, uh, what was, what was number one? And number one is the return of my favorite filmmaker of all time. M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong with Split. <laughs> he has another what hit. Intro. <laughs> M. Night is back. And he is this ready. This actually <laughs> looked like the first decent movie he's made since Unbreakable. The, everyone yeah. says it's really good. I gotta go see it, but uh, um, everyone's saying that it's like really good. So, um, you know, so he's back. He's back. Uh, he's not my favorite filmmaker. That was a lie. Um, but, um, you know, I didn't like The Visit, but a lot of people did like The Visit. But uh, this looks good. James, first of all, James McAvoy is really a good actor. Mm, and yes. he looks like he looks like he's yeah. really good. But you know what this kind of looks like to me, though? Do y'all remember a movie called Raising Cain? Yeah. Oh, yes. The, uh, Brian De Palma and it, it, John Lithgow. Yeah. yeah, John Lithgow is a great actor, too, by the way. He's Fantastic oh. actor, uh, and, and he owned yes. that movie too. He was so good in that movie, but uh, but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, but um, M Night Shyamalan, he he's back, okay. and um, you know, and he has a lot to say with this movie, but uh, yeah, so that that was the the movie that was um, that is uh, the movies that came out. So basically, simple oh, sorry, on, a horror, uh, on a horror flick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you okay. started to say something, and then I'm going to go into what's coming out this weekend. But uh, you started to say something, Cher? Oh, I was just uh, saying, duh. I went to go see Hidden Figures, and that is worth a rewatch, like, a few times, um, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, go M. Night, because I would have thought it would have been Hidden Figures, actually, that would have come out on top. Um uh, for for just the quality and for political reasons, actually. Um, but uh, well, congrats to M Night. Great yeah. to see him making a comeback. Yeah, he's making a comeback, and all yeah. the nerds, uh, all the nerds out there hate his guts because of uh, the Last Airbender. <laughs> so yeah, he can't yeah. go to a comic con. Now, in his in his you defense, in his defense, movie. he was told he was going to get to make all three movies. After oh. the first one, the studio said, no more. Oh, <laughs> no more. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now, um, I'm not going to read everything that's coming out because a lot of it is uh, nothing worth wa- talking about. But I will say this. I see that they're re-putting out there one of my favorite movies. Uh, I'm a big David Lynch fan. And um, the movie Mulholland Drive, is they're putting it back in theaters, which... I, um, uh, wow! Yeah, which cool. I'm kind of surprised by. I would, I didn't see that in the theater, in the, but I would love to see that again um, in the theater. I love that movie. You know what I love about that movie is that movie's been out what since early 2000s, and people yes. still debate what that movie is about and and all of that thing. It's just a great movie. It's David Lynch at his best 
Because sometimes he could be like, you know, like Lost Highway, I thought was like when David Lynch goes bad, whereas Mulholland Drive is David Lynch, like, you know, up At there. At the best there. So, uh, so I it's definitely... like David Lynch first season of Twin Peaks instead of <laughs> David Lynch second season of Twin Peaks. I mean, those two seasons really sum up the good and the bad of David Lynch. But you know, I, I gotta, I, I gotta defend him though, and also too, Blue, Blue Velvet too. I guess, what, I guess they're putting out his movies because I see Blue Velvet as well. Is uh, they're putting that out, in the, which I just re- yeah. recently rewatched Blue Velvet. Um, like, and now I'm starting to go. My God, did he die or something? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but you know, what? I, I'm a defend, I'm a defend David Lynch because. He, they never really intended to say who killed Laura Palmer. They were kind of forced to do it because of the studio. Yeah, they were the forced fame. by the network. So yes, that, they so were. I'll, I'll give him a, a somewhat pass on that. And right, and right up to that point, the series was good. And right after that, and David Lynch said this was going to happen too. I yeah. maybe he did it on purpose just so he'd be right. <laughs> but after they solved the crime, the show just yeah self destructed. Mm. Unsustainable. But I'm telling you, but really, Twin Peaks, I'm going to say this real quick, and then, you know, Twin Peaks changed Hollywood. It changed television. It was like the first, like, uh, that and, like, Manhunter was like the first of those procedural cop, you Mm. know, profiler type things. Um, You know, that and then, like, Manhunter uh, around the same time, uh, or Red Dragon, uh, that was the name of the book. So, um, um, it definitely changed the game as far as uh, television. Yeah, well, but, and all well that. Twin Peaks was for what was it? The late seventies, early eighties? Twin Peaks? No, it was it was eighty nine. Eighty nine? Okay, mm-hmm. but it was for the eighties. What the prisoner was for the sixties? Mm-hmm. Yes, which is so far ahead of its time that we're only just starting to catch up to it. Yes. Mm. Oh, that show was so good. I actually I need to rewatch that before the news because you know they have season three or something coming out on Showtime. But um, okay, so all right, here's one of the movies that is coming out. Um, it's called The Space Between Us. Uh, the Space Between Us is the first human born on Mars travels to Earth for the first time, experiencing the wonders of the planet through fresh eyes. He embarks on an adventure with a smart uh, girl to discover how he came to be. That's one of the movies. Does that sound like okay. something you guys want to see? You know what? It sounds like somebody is trying to dumb down Robert Heinlein. I'm sorry, <laughs> if you're going to make a movie about an Earth... You know, a, a person of human descent born on Mars make stranger in a strange land. Yeah, I can, I can definitely mm-hmm. for that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, anybody else, uh, ladies? You guys want to see? It sounds. It sounds interesting. I'm more looking at the Wall movie that it sounded also interesting. Mm-hmm. Coming up soon, but yeah, it sounds kind of interesting. Are you referring to? You're not referring to the Great Wall, right? Just yes, I the am. Wall, wall, the Great Wall. Yes, it's put. I, I, I it has put me to sleep twice now. Oh, yes, that's right. It hasn't come out yet, but I've seen it. <laughs> and it put me to sleep twice. Well, what about you, Cher? Though, does that space okay. between us? It sounds interesting. Um, you know, for us to see, you know, what it's like to explore a different world. Um. I'm I'm kind of like just coming off of uh, the arrival 
um, great movie. where we were visited by uh, another world, basically. So, I don't know. I have more fascination with what other beings out there would think about us rather than us going to try and plant a flag everywhere we can in the universe. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's been the status quo for quite some time, and I feel like, you know, let's go back to the days of, like, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know what I mean? That's, that's a kind of classic, uh, you know, like, what what would happen if we, if, you know, we were uh, put on our shit, and somebody way more powerful and way more advanced than us came yeah. down and take a look at us with, with a microscope. After, that, that, a, 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 arrival was my favorite sci-fi from last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, easily. My favorite. Denis mm-hmm. Villeneuve, I can't say his last name, he's a French-Canadian cat. That dude can direct his ass off. I Man, I'm like, you know, because Prisoners was great. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sicario, I love Sicario. Sicario's amazing. Have you guys seen Sicario? Watch Sicario. Uh, yeah, Sicario's on my list, yeah. Oh, you got I, it. I didn't Sicario. watch it when it was nominated. The final so, scene And uh, then Sicario. that told me how great it was. I was like, oh, shit. I gotta <laughs> find it now. One of those final, one of the final scenes in the movie. Oh, God, it's so good. Like, it just, that that's like great stuff. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic director. Okay, so here's our next movie. Don't knock twice. Knock once to wake her from her bed. Twice to raise her from the dead. So goes a disturbing urban legend involving an abandoned house supposedly inhabited by a vengeful child-stealing witch. Alright, so we're going to go backwards order. order. So share. How do, what do you think about this? Don't knock twice. Uh, well, as you know, I'm also pagan. <laughs> So, this is one of these things where it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, for the, you know, for the supernatural uh, geek in me, I'm like, sounds interesting. For the, uh, you know, the witch that's on a soapbox in me, it's like, God, does it have to be another evil witch? Couldn't we take a, a cue from, like, Maleficent or something and be like, not all witches are evil and eat children. Okay, Sabrina. Okay. I mean, we we not, we not as skimpy as Sabrina all the time either. Don't get me wrong. You know, not all of us uh, follow the 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 tree hugging, uh, you know, hippie stereotype <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum. But I mean, you know, that's I I, I suppose that's just. You know, uh, something that I'm gonna have to try and hurry up and write something to correct. I wonder. Other than that, <laughs> I wonder if I if I brought I'm home just to see it, just to just to see uh, get a scare out of everybody else. I suppose. I wonder what would happen if I brought home to my mother. Uh, this is my girlfriend. She's a pagan. Uh, I wonder how that conversation would go. I mean. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you know, and and on top of it, I mean, I came, I'm from, you know, Roman Catholic family as well. So it started from my family had to accept me to my husband, now husband, 
had to wrap his head around it to his father. He's literally the son of a preacher up in New York. So. Oh my god! Oh my god! Poor it's pretty guy. intense. It's pretty dynamic, how do you tell? But, how do you, you know. tell your preacher daddy that hey. my wife, my fiance, is a pagan? Yeah. That you it, know what? Well, it comes, I need to do a short. I need to write something about this. Yeah. Uh, my wife. Come to my neighborhood, girl. You can be as pagan as you want. <laughs> my wife, the pagan. That's, that's, oh, that should be a sitcom. <laughs> All right. Goodness. All right. So, so yeah, that's my take on it. So. <laughs> Grayson. So, don't knock twice. Does this sound like something you want to go see? I don't even want to knock once. <laughs> okay. And what about you, Arpo? Well, you know, it's there's something fun about being in the dark and watching a good horror film or even a bad horror film. My question always that I want to know going in is, is it a found footage film? Because mm, if I it is, so. I'm not interested. I've seen only of the hundreds of found footage films, I've found maybe one or two that that really involved me and were really good. And the rest are crap. You know, I'm going to say something controversial. I saw that last. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the first Blair Witch Project at all. Mm. I kind of mm. low key. Uh-huh. I kind of low key liked the sequel. I saw the sequel and it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So I had low expectations, but I was shocked that it. You know, it was bad. Then it meant that. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, well, you know what? It had to be. It certainly had to be better than the Blair Witch Two. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see which that. probably most of you don't even know got made but no, yes Book it was a Blair Witch 2 Book yes. my yes. god I didn't think anything could be worse than the first movie but this one was <laughs> okay so we're gonna we're gonna um, two more uh, coming out this week uh, we're gonna start off with you Grayson this movie is called The Comedian an aging okay. comic an uh, aging co- uh, comic icon develops a strong bond with a with the daughter of a sleazy real estate mogul this movie stars uh, um, Robert De Niro so uh, what do you think oh wow so they did make a movie about Donald Trump after all <laughs> so yeah it, it actually sounds kind of interesting in regards to that it's like I, I can see eh, where that would be kind of a fun sort of maybe direct to DVD kind of <laughs> movie I want you know like a, a night where it's like I don't really have to have a huge thinking movie and that would be a kind of thing but <coughs> box office wise probably not okay what about you Arpo the comedian first of all Grayson don't make me laugh when I've got a french fry in my mouth <laughs> second of all <laughs> um Actually, you know, Robert De Niro, boy, I, you know, I really like him a lot. I think he handles comedy really well. Uh, I don't think I would go to the theater to see it. I would definitely want to see it, but I'll wait till I can see it for free. Okay. What about you, Cher? Do you we have our it? ways of doing that, you know. <laughs> Wow, this is starting to be a familiar format, huh, Kente? I see. Buy a ticket, <laughs> wait till it comes out on DVD. Uh, um, I, I have to say, just about anything that I've seen Robert De Niro in, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so, for his star power, lending his star power to the movie, I believe I would go see it. Um, however... Would I, I'd like, if it was date night, then yeah, I'd go see it at the theater. 
but if it was like date night at home, I'd probably I'd probably wait until DVD. So, but I, I definitely would want to see it. Yes. Okay. And last but definitely not least, and I do have a story to go along with this one. We have once upon a time rings. Rings, a woman makes a horrifying discovery about a videotape that kills people seven days after they watch it. I believe this is a sequel, not a... Uh, yes, it is. It's continuing. It Correct. And um, so, once again, Samara is back. And if you watch that tape, she's going to come through the screen and F you up. So, I'm going to start off with... And I got something to add to this, but I'm going to start off with you, Arpo. Do you want to see Rings, the third movie in the trilogy? If it was by the original Japanese people, yeah. Ringu, Ringu 2, and uh, there was a third one that was the girl's name. And... uh, Absolutely terrifying. The American versions... (laughs) You know what the best thing was about the American version? When it came out on DVD, they had an option where you could just watch the video from the movie. Because you only get to see it in bits and pieces throughout the movie, but you know, by the end of the movie, you've seen the whole video. So you get to see the whole video all at once. You could click on that, and then after it played, when it went back to the uh, menu screen, you'd hear a phone ringing. Oh, I was about Ooh. to say. <laughs> you, oh, 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 oh. Scared the shit out of you. Yeah, nice. That was fun. That was a really nice touch. But uh, overall, the American versions, no. The Japanese versions, big yes. I would, You know what? I've always said about that movie. I'd have been like, why wait seven days? Come right now. I, I think I could take Samara. I I, I, I think I can get some. I want to throw You know, I got no plans for the coming week, so you know. Yeah, let's, let's get it in. Let's get it in. I think I can outbox Samara. Samara didn't look that tough, but anyway. Oh my god! I, 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 I want to know what kind of a ghost lets you have a whole week to put your affairs in order. You know, that's <laughs> not a ghost. I mean, it's only fair, dude. That's a lawyer. <laughs> that's like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, oh that, that is funny though. It she gives you a week, like seven days. It's like, oh man. Okay, so so share. Uh, what about you, uh, Ring? Oh, I I have no choice. I mean, you know, it's one of those things in 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 marriage where you you make you come together and you make compromises, and it's like, you know, you drag me to hidden figures. There, yeah, you know, you got to come to rings. So basically. <laughs> Yeah, well, the I, is, like, he probably enjoyed hidden figures, and you're not going to enjoy rings. That's the big difference. <laughs> I know, but right? You, he probably not, wanted to see hidden figures, he, but he got it. That's how he can blackmail you. Oh, I don't want to see it. Okay, but I, it. but you got to see rings. I, personally, I I do. I'm curious to see how they are going to carry that franchise forward. And yeah. it's so funny. They actually did a pop up um, that I saw. Um, I think BuzzFeed or one of these uh, had it on Facebook uh, this past week where they actually had a, a, a setup. That's what um, I was about to talk a about. A fake uh, shop, a fake uh, electronic that's shop. What I was, that's where, what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, that's my story that I was going to say. Them, but go but ahead, I, just, I think the marketing, at the very least, you know, that they're doing, uh, they've been doing with the franchise is, is quite interesting. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what the. 
what what it's about. That was yeah. What you're talking about is hilarious. Like people were freaked out by that. I actually, because uh, you know them. Um, th- first of all, them Brazilian pranksters. Those guys are ridiculous. Like I'm shocked no one's died. Like they, I mean, they go way too far. By the way, they go way too far. Like they're gonna freaking they're gonna fr- mess around and kill somebody. They, dude, I thought the the big burly dude that um Zamara uh came, fake Zamara came up and touched his arm. I swear, I thought he was gonna turn around and and backslap her. I swear, I was like, oh wait a minute, because yeah. <laughs> he turned around so fast. Oh my god, it wouldn't yeah, it wouldn't have been pleasant if they tried that crap on me. So, <laughs> yeah. So so what about you, Grayson? Do you want to see uh... rings? Yes. Oh, do I get one afterwards? Do you get a ring after? <laughs> yeah, they gonna come. To, they gonna come get you. Seven days later. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's like honestly, I would just because I saw the other ones. I'd be like, okay, have to see this one too. I, yeah, I suppose it's like you know, it's one of those obligatory. If I've seen the first one, I've seen the second one. Have to see the third one. It's like that potato chip of uh, you know. But honestly, it, it's like if you really want to see a good. Um, rings one you should actually try and find the uh, not only the japanese movie but also it's like um the ring cycle with shoot he is a great famous martial artist and it's like he did this great uh, series of the ring cycles thing Mm. and that was a really interesting series it was like um the ring part one, part two, part three. There was like six parts to it, and he, it's like I will remember his name, and uh, um, I definitely recommend that one over uh, over the. Movie. But I think like you know, especially if they're going to do a scary movie parody, yes, I want to see it. Okay. Because it just for just for the version of wanting to see. First of all, you've seen all of the other uh, three uh, movies. You got uh, the other two movies. You got to see the third one. It's kind of like that potato chip thing. And then the other thing being that it's like I got to see what they pun in scary movie on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah, can I just say one thing to you? You are much too easy on your husband. If I took my wife to a movie I wanted to see and she didn't want to see, I would have to make up for that by going to. Living out loud. Oh my! <laughs> okay, those were the trade-offs I was having in my marriage. Oh so. my goodness! <laughs> oh yeah. No, I. Well, uh, you know what? When it comes to that, I'll let my husband know that you're the one that authorized me to be tougher on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but you know, um, I like, why don't you go take him to the movie? Oh my goodness! But, but you, you gotta get me in but, trouble, man. Have you, have you guys? Did you guys ever watch this show on HBO called Big Love? Uh, no, my wife was totally addicted to it. I, I never watched an episode. Oh wow! Because it was one of the um, Samara, the, uh, the the girl in the, um, the whale from the original two. She was actually one of the characters from Big Love. She was, uh, she played the character. Oh. She played the character Rhonda, who was like uh, the prophet's uh, underage uh, bride, and uh, that was the same chick. That's the same girl from there. I was, I saw that. I was like, that is her. That is the little crazy uh, girl. So, 
I was cracking up. Oh man, now I gotta go ahead and start uh, back uh, viewing it now. Now, just because you said something, and I gotta see that's that. That's a great show, too, looking, by the way. Because I, I started, I watched like half of the first season recently, and I forgot how funny it is. It, it's like it, I was just cracking up. So, uh, great show, by the way. But anyway, all right. With all that said, um, you know, uh, let's start off with you, Arpo. How can people get you in social media and such? Uh, people can get me on Facebook and through uh, the Movies Underground forums. Uh, and uh, that's really about it, because, you know, I'm an old man. I'm an old man. I don't do all this freaking social media crap. <laughs> Anti-social media. <laughs> all right. And what about you, Cher? How can people get you in social media? Oh, yes. Very simply, I can be reached on Facebook. Uh, I can also be reached on Twitter, at Cher Davis. And uh, same on Instagram as well. Um, and uh, you can actually, if you want to uh, check out some of the design work that I've done, uh, especially for my indie filmmakers out there, I know more than ever, you guys are trying to get out to festivals and stuff, you know, come to me and we'll work with you. Um, if you go to brandulove.com, it's B-R-A-N-D, the letter U, L-O-V-E, dot com. And you can check out uh, other projects that I've helped out with. Um, and, uh, and you can also check out my actress page on Facebook. I have an actress page as well. Let me ask you a real quick question before we go to uh, Grayson. Do you actually do the design work, or do you just wiggle your nose and it just appears? Oh, I work my magic, but it's not that kind of magic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I put hand to mouse when I okay. when I make it. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted. I was just wondering right there. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Uh, what about you, Grayson? How can people get you? Well, you can get me on Facebook, Bizipedia, um, on LinkedIn, on. Basically, a whole lot of social media. It's like on the Movie Time Indie page, as well as also on Twitter, I guess, with the Movie Time Indie. Um, as well as also, you can get me on there, as well as at Sonata Grayson. Uh, goodness, it's like, as I've often said, if you're not finding me on the internet, you're not stalking me hard enough. <laughs> That's right. And um, you, you can get me at... Sincerely, it does take it, it, it does not take effort because there are three pages of, uh, of availability, including also uh, the uh, the movie time website as well on YouTube uh, and the one on YouTube as well, and also the PastLivesProductionsInc.net one for the film. That's right. All right. And um, you can get me at Kente F. Uh, you can get uh, you can go to our website IndieRadio.org. That's I N D Y Radio.org. And we'll be back uh, next week with an all-new episode. I don't know what the topic's going to be, but it's going to be something wonderful, I'm sure. Yep, and you'll be seeing our Wednesday guests as well. Have a great day. Peace.